Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. everyone. Welcome back to another episode. So we recently got back from vacation. Uh, We went to Lake Lore in North Carolina. It's probably about 45 minutes east of Asheville. And um, I can't say that Lake Lore was my first choice. It's just it was the only thing available. And it was so difficult to find uh, house this year near any body of water um, that was under $300 a night <laughs> for seven people. So Lake Lore it was. And this past Wednesday, we drove home and it took us 12 and a half hours. So you can imagine how much fun it was driving for 12 and a half hours in a minivan back home. I'm just going to leave it at that. So your fun fact about me today is I hate vacation planning. I may have even told you this fun fact before because it's not a secret. Jim and I are both terrible when it comes to planning vacations. It feels overwhelming. You know, we get so engrossed in trying to pick the perfect place and the perfect house that we can't make a decision and then the place is no longer available and it's just a nightmare. So next year we have big plans to go out west with the kids. Uh, I feel like our time is running short because Jake is, you know, he'll be a sophomore this year. So I just feel like time is ticking, and so this has been a trip we've talked about for a couple years, and um, we want to make it happen, but we also need to plan now. So what I'm asking from you is if you see me, I would love for you to ask me if we have done anything in terms of planning our trip out west. Just like I hold many of my clients accountable for their health decisions, I need you to do the same for me and keep me accountable with this because I struggle. Or if you love planning vacations and have gone out west, I need you to still contact me and reach out to me and we'll barter or we'll do something because I would love for you to just plan it for me. That would be that would be fantastic. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> today today we're talking about cheat days. Nothing to do with vacation. We're talking all about cheat days. And so before we jump into the topic, I just want to ask you a couple questions. First and foremost, do you do cheat days? And if so, what do they look like? Do you cheat for the entire day or just for a meal or two? Do you cheat on weekdays or is it only on weekends? And here's probably the most important question. If you have a cheat day, what does the next day look like? So for example, if Saturday is your cheat day, what does Sunday look like? 
Are you right back in it doing, you know, your everyday normal eating plan? Or does Sunday get a little sketchy because in the back of your mind you're saying, you know what, I'll get back on track Monday. I think that happens a lot for people when they're on vacations. You know what, I'll circle this back and I'll, I'll include vacations in here. You know, people have this mentality, you know, we're on vacation, so therefore I can do whatever I want. The problem is, is there's a thought that when I return from vacation, I will get right back on track. And that usually doesn't happen. There's usually a week or two of transitioning, going from eating everything you want to, you know, maybe following a more healthy diet. So I'd love to know that if you include cheat days, what does it look like? You know, are you doing them just at holidays or when you're at a party or like I said, when you're on vacation or do you build cheat days into your plan on a regular basis, like once a week or a couple times a month? When we talk about cheat days, first we have to talk about just first and foremost, I think cheating has such a negative connotation right? It's almost like you're doing something bad. So when I hear the word cheating, I think of cheating on a test in school. And obviously cheating has consequences. So much of the diet industry is all about following a bunch of rules, right? Do this, don't do that. Only eat these good foods, not these bad foods. And so cheating is a way that we can get around the rules, but still be playing by the rules, especially if your diet includes cheat days. Now, I remember when I was a freshman, no, I take that back because I was a different major when I was a freshman. When I was a sophomore in college and I took my first nutrition course, my professor asked me to write three words at the top of my page. Those words were variety, balance, and moderation. And she told us that if you can fully grasp the meaning of these words and live them out and educate your clients to do the same, you will have a successful practice. And a lot of us hate these words, balance, moderation, variety. What the heck does that even mean? They're what I call gray words because you know, moderation to me may be not what moderation is to you. The problem is the diet industry has basically brainwashed us to believe that balance, moderation, and variety cannot exist if you want to be successful. Remember, it's all about the rules. Do this, don't do that. Succeed, fail. And if you don't follow the rules, it's your fault, you screwed up, you're a failure, now you've got to start all over again. The problem is you and I both know this does not work. Not only does it work metabolically because our bodies don't respond to that, but our mental health does not respond to this perfectionist all or nothing mentality. So, you know, this idea of cheat day is we're either following the rules or we're not. And I always tell my clients, when we get super restrictive, we start to get resentful. And when we feel resentful, we start to get rebellious. 
And so then the idea of cheat days goes out the window because now we're just not doing any of it. If we can't do some of it, well, then we can't do any of it. And so therefore, I'm just going to eat whatever I want because I'm no longer on the diet. It doesn't work. So let's talk about cheat days. Should we include them in our plan or maybe not? And what would that look like? All right. We have to make, I think first and foremost, we need to change the word cheat day. Like I said, cheating has a very negative connotation. And when we feel bad for something we did or something we think or how we feel, most of us seek out a coping strategy. You want to venture a guess what the number one coping strategy is, at least for the clients that I see? It's eating, of course. We can't make eating and health and just general self-care and taking care of our body a negative thing because then we won't want to do it. It has to be a positive thing. So I'm not a fan of the word cheat day. I'm not a fan of the word cheating. I'm just a fan of the word eating, right? It's just part of my diet. It's just what I do. We need to figure out a way to get rid of all this negativity. You know, the other week I was meeting with a client and she was telling me about this show on, I want to say Apple TV. I do not have that. So um, I don't even know what the show is called, but it's basically about this girl who Um, is dieting, which turns into binging, restriction, and it follows the dialogue in her brain. And it's she's constantly judging herself, she's putting herself down all the time. And um, this patient that I was seeing was watching the show with her husband, and her husband turned to her and said, Do you ever have those thoughts in your head? And she looked at him and she said, all the time, all day, every day. And my heart just broke for her. Oh my goodness, my heart broke for her because that is not living. That's like being in prison in your own mind. We've got to stop this shame, blame, negative cycle. It's not okay. It's not. If you find yourself trapped, if you can identify with, with that client and, and that TV show, I need to introduce you to another way. A way where there's laughter and you know, not this feeling of heaviness always around you and this obsession and always overthinking. Like, I want food to be a part of who you are and, and celebrating and in nourishing yourself, but it can't be everything. And so we need to stop using food in negative ways. We need to stop talking about ourselves in negative ways. And we need to just let food be what it is. It's just food. And all food can be part of your diets. I know there's some people out there saying, no, it can't. No, it can't. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. No, all foods can be part of a healthy diet. Remember those three words, variety, balance, moderation. 
These are the three words that are going to set you free. And so all foods can be part of a diet, a healthy diet. I was listening to a podcast once. It was from the Life Coach School. And she talked about foods, categorizing them as fuel and joy foods. And she said, we need both in our diets. We need fuel foods because these are the foods that make us feel good. If you were to think about how different foods make you feel in your body, there are definitely foods that feel better than others. So I'll give you a great example. When we were on vacation, we told you we went south to North Carolina. There is a restaurant called Cookout. You may have heard of this before. You may have visited this before. This is my family's favorite place to go because it's cheap (laughs) and we can feed our entire family for like $45, which is unheard of when you're getting, oh, they're called trays and you can get like a burger and then you can get two sides and for a dollar more, you can get a milkshake, which was kind of like a blizzard. And so my family gets all excited whenever we go down south because they want to visit this store. And we don't eat that kind of food often, if at all. So when we're on vacation, sure, we're going to do something a little different. But (laughs) let me tell you, I would not consider that food feel food because after I eat it, even though it does taste good while you're eating it, it does not feel good in my body afterwards. And a lot of that is because my body's not used to eating those types of foods. So It talks back to me and it lets me know, hey, we're not going to do this often because it doesn't feel great, right? So there are foods that we call fuel foods. They are what feels good to you and your body. Now, there is no good food, bad food list. It's just what feels true to you. And so not all foods feel good in in every person's body. You know, take people with colitis, right? Raw vegetables tear up their system. Now, every nutrition book you read would tell you to eat raw fruits and vegetables, but not if you have colitis. So you see, it it matters what feels good to you and your body depending on what your needs are. But it would also make sense that if we want to feel our best, we want to make sure that we're eating these fuel foods the majority of times, right? You know, if you're looking at 100% of your diet and you want to feel your best and have sufficient energy to do all the activities you want to do, you want to be able to think clearly and be focused and have stamina and endurance and strength and all those things. I know I'm raising my hand right now. That's me. I want to feel that way the majority of the time. Then the majority of the time, we need to choose those foods, You know, for a lot of us, we'd say we want to feel that way, I don't know, 90% of the time. Okay, then choose fuel foods 90% of the time. But every once in a while, we do need some of those fun foods, those joy foods, things that we eat not for energy and stamina and focus and clarity and vitality, but just for fun just for fun because they bring us joy. You know, maybe it's a birthday cake at our kid's birthday party or it's, you know, 
a cheeseburger and fry and milkshake at a restaurant when we're on vacation. The thing is, we cannot make our eating a hundred zero. It can't be that way. Because remember, when we feel restricted, we start to get resentful and then we get rebellious and we don't make our best decisions. We have to include some of these fun foods into our diet if we want long-term success because this is all about, it's not just being responsible, it's also about pleasure. So probably one of the best illustrations I can give you is that of a paycheck, okay? Let's say you get your paycheck. Do you spend every penny of your paycheck? Of course you don't. Because you have bills to pay. You might have a mortgage or a car payment. You have an electric bill. When you get your paycheck, do you save every penny of that paycheck? No, of course not. Because you want to go out to eat from time to time. You want to buy and maybe want to buy a new shirt. You might want to go on vacation, right? Somewhere along the way, you had to figure out what your spend to save ratio is that makes sense for you. And your ratio may look different than my ratio, but that doesn't mean that either one of our ratios is wrong. It just means we have found what works for us. That's gray. Your shade of gray may look different than my shade of gray, but neither one is wrong. And it's time we stop telling people that what they're doing is wrong and we just help people figure out what feels best to them. And so all foods need to be included, right? And whether you want to call it a cheat day or whatever, that's up to you. I just want to call it eat. I just want to use those words balance, moderation, and variety. So I know what works best for me. Now remember... We've talked about this before. How do you know if it works for you? Well, can you answer these three questions? Number one, is it sustainable? Is what you're doing sustainable? Can you see yourself doing this five years from now? If the answer is no, and remember guys, when you're answering these questions, you have to be honest with yourself. It doesn't work any other way. You have to be honest. Most of us will be like, yeah, sure, I could do this diet five years from now. No, you couldn't. Most people can't do a diet two weeks from now, let alone five years. So the first question you've got to ask yourself is when you're figuring out what the plan looks like for you is, can I see myself doing this five years? Because nutrition is a long game. It is not a short game no matter what diet promises you how many pounds you can lose in two weeks. It does not work. The second question, do you like it? Do you even like what you're doing? Is it so restrictive that you hate it and dread it and wake up every morning thinking and fantasizing about everything you can't have, which makes you miserable? That's not liking it. That's tolerating it until you can't tolerate it anymore. And then the third question you ask yourself is, is it working? Right? You may like it. It might be sustainable, but if it's not getting you towards your goal, you know, whether your goal is better blood work or a healthier BMI or strength, 
more muscle mass, whatever your goal is, is it working? And if it's not, then we can make adjustments. That's how you know you found your plan. Like I said, for me, I like the 90-10 rule because I want to feel my best 90% of the time. My job requires me to pay attention and to focus, to be able to help people. I also love to work out and I'm kind of competitive, right? So I want to see, can I lift heavier weights? Can I run faster? I need to eat foods that fuel that so I can feel good. Because when I feel terrible, let me tell you, the day after we went to cookout, I did not work out because I felt sick. My stomach felt kind of funny. You know, I had no energy. I was exhausted. There was no motivation to work out that next day. And that's not who I am or who I want to be. So I was like, all right, this is a every once in a while thing, but it sure is not something I want to do on a regular basis because I'm paying attention to what my body's telling me. All right. Bottom line is there is no one right way of doing this. You have to figure out what works for you. Now, when you're talking about your joy foods, joy foods can either be planned or unplanned. Now, I personally like to plan my joy foods just because if I say, well, let's just see how the day pans out and what opportunities happen to fall into my lap. If I go about eating in that way, I find that, guess what? Something will always come up. And there will always be another option that I want to choose. So when I do a joy food, I do tend to like it to be something that I plan for because then I can make sure it's something I really want. All right. When you're eating a, a joy food, do it mindfully. Mean, meaning sit down at a table without distractions. Enjoy it actually taste it. Move the food around your mouth. Don't just throw it back while you're watching TV and not even paying attention to it. Right? Don't eat your joy food in a car while you're, you know, going down a busy highway and then not even remember that you consumed it. If the food brings you joy, then let it. Pay attention to it. Enjoy. Don't do it when you're not getting the full experience from it. Now, 10%. I told you that's something that I like to follow. So 90% of the time, I want to eat fuel foods because I just like the way they make me feel. But around 10% of the time, I love to eat joy foods because I love the way they taste. Right? Let's be honest. I do. I enjoy that stuff every once in a while. What does 10% look like? Well, it could be 10% every day. I once had a client who told me, if you take away chocolate, I can't do this. I said, no problem. We'll figure out how you can have chocolate every day. And we did. And she did fantastic. We figured out what her daily routine looked like in terms of breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. And we figured out how to include Hershey Kisses into her day after lunch and dinner. And she did tremendous. Now, she didn't have a ton of Hershey Kisses after lunch and dinner, but she had that little bit of chocolate that satisfied her sweet tooth. And when we looked at her whole day, it was about 10%. It was fine. 
Some of you might be out there being like, I don't want to do something every day or I don't need something every day, but I would like it every once in a while. Um, I had a client once tell me that something that they follow is what they call Wednesday weekends. So on Wednesday, they enjoy a treat. And on the weekend, one of the days, they'll enjoy a treat. And so, you know, instead of making it super restrictive to once a week, which for me, I'll be honest, that feels really hard. I like the twice a week thing because, you know, just every couple days. Now, I don't, I don't want to be super rigid with the Wednesday weekend. You know, I like it to be more flexible depending on what's going on or what we have planned. Um, but Wednesday weekend just sounds nice because of alliteration. That's all. Um, but yes, once during the week, once during the weekend, I don't have any hard and fast rules about it, but on average, that's just like what I like to follow because it feels good. All right. Is it sustainable? Can I do Wednesday weekends, you know, five years from now? Sure can. Do I like it? Yeah. It's pretty regular. You know, it's not just allowing me to do something on the weekends and having to be super strict during the week. You know, a lot of times the reason why people go off on the weekends is because they are too strict during the week. If you find that that's you, Maybe we need to loosen up the reins a little bit during the week so it's not such a stark difference from the weekday to the weekend. Maybe we need to include some more joy foods during the week so it's not, you know, an either on the diet or off the diet mentality. I remember I had a client once. She told me she was a rock star Monday through Thursday and Friday through Sunday is when things got a little dicey. And so I told her, I just want you to journal Friday through Sunday. And she had this like look of horror on her face. And she's like, well, what about Monday through Thursday? You don't want to see my journal? I'm like, no, I don't need to. You're a rock star. You've already declared that. And, you know, by looking at your previous journals, there's no reason that you need to journal Monday through Thursday. You've got that down. What you don't have down is Friday through Sunday. And so let's look for patterns and trends and things that you're doing that might be causing you to not you know, be following through with what you say you want to do. A lot of us want to just journal the good stuff and we don't want to see the bad stuff. I get it, but it's not helpful. All right. So for me, Wednesday weekends work. For you, it might as well, or it might not. Maybe you don't need something twice a week. Maybe you need something three times a week or once a week. Here's the thing. Don't get so caught up in trying to pick the perfect way because, again, there is no perfect way. It's just what works for you. But don't get so caught up in trying to make the best decision. Just make a decision. If it doesn't work, you can always modify it. Start with twice a week. And if it doesn't feel good, then try something the following week. And keep trying until you figure it out. That's the bottom line, is be committed to figuring it out. With integrity. With the way you want to do things. And I get it. I get caught up too in different diets out there that I want to try or, or that sounds so promising. But I also have to constantly remind myself that I don't want to follow any more diets anymore. 
I just want to eat in a way that feels good and authentic to me. And so I'm committed to figuring that out. And it doesn't mean that once I figure it out, I will never have to figure it out anymore. Because different seasons of life and stages and just even physical seasons like fall and winter and spring and summer, they all bring different challenges. And so I'm constantly revising and paying attention to what works best for me. But there needs to be, like I said, a better way. And instead of calling it cheating, let's just call it eating. A healthy diet that includes moderation, variety, and balance. All right, guys. It is time for your recipe. So today, we are going to talk about a roasted vegetable couscous. I don't make couscous often, but a lot of my clients do. So I found this recipe and we really enjoyed it. So for this recipe, you're going to need three medium-sized beets, two carrots, a tablespoon of olive oil, a teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of pepper, one and a half cups of uncooked Israeli couscous. And then for the vinaigrette, you're going to need a tablespoon of olive oil, a tablespoon of balsamic vinegar, two teaspoons of chopped fresh thyme, a half a teaspoon of kosher salt, and a quarter teaspoon of black pepper. And then finally, we're going to add in about three-quarter cup of diced fresh peaches or mango, a half a cup of crumbled feta cheese, and some fresh thyme sprigs. I know, that was a really long ingredient list. Thanks for hanging in there with me. All right, first thing we're going to do is we are going to roast our vegetables. So the beets and carrots, you're going to chop them up, stick them on a sheet pan, drizzle them with the olive oil, salt, pepper, and go ahead and throw them in a 400 degree oven. And you're going to bake them for about 25 to 30 minutes or until they are fork tender. If you don't like beets, you can substitute any vegetable. You could do peppers, you could do mushrooms, you could do zucchini, like really whatever you want. Green beans. I love beets. I, we don't eat them as much as I'd like to just because of the prep work. It's not my favorite, but honestly, you can get them in a jar or a can and they taste just fine. So if the prep work is holding you back from eating beets, buy them in a jar so much better. All right, so you're going to roast those vegetables until they're tender. And while you're doing that, you want to cook the couscous according to the package directions. All right. Once you do that, you're going to combine your olive oil, balsamic vinegar, chopped fresh thyme, salt and pepper in a bowl. And then you're going to pour that over top of the couscous. And then finally, you're going to top with the roasted vegetables and then add in your peaches or your mango, your feta cheese, and your fresh thyme sprigs, and just toss until it's all incorporated together. And this is a great side dish. If you want to make it a main meal, you can go ahead and add um, cooked chicken, or fish, or turkey, or like a pork tenderloin would work really well with this. Is in addition, so um, you can turn it into a whole meal, but um, 
it's delicious and it's pretty simple and straightforward. There's a lot of ingredients, but it comes together pretty nicely and fairly quickly. So that is your recipe for the week. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. If you need any additional help when it comes to nutrition, whether it's weight management or medical nutrition therapy, sports nutrition, disordered eating, eating disorders, all of those things, we would love the opportunity to work with you. So if that's something that interests you, go ahead and head over to bodymetricshealth.com. Most insurances will cover nutrition counseling visits. So you've got nothing to lose here except for shedding away some of those unhelpful, unkind, unnecessary mindset and thoughts around food that are holding you back from your goals. So thanks so much for hanging in there with me today. I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.